Joe, you want me to do the intro today? Sure. <laughs> Hello, you can say no if you want. <laughs> You're listening to another episode of Another Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Brichette. And with me, we have Lionel. Oh, Jesus. And we uh, have Mike. Today, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> somebody <Whoa>. quacking? <laughs> Quack. I mean dip. I want some dip. Dip, 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 dip. Alright. I've taken more painkillers t- today than it's probably safe to. Good. That's how you know it works. Always got to be on the edge. Just had a stupid-ass headache all day. You're listening to another episode of another, another gaming podcast. My name is Joe. Why do you say that like some serious-ass <laughs> newscaster? Uh, this is my Joe impression. Oh, God. Informing people that like like a, a seven-point-something earthquake just occurred. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Joe sounds. Yeah. God. He doesn't sound like that. Oh, man. He just sounds kind of nervous. What's the most you ever lost in a coin toss? <laughs> Seriously, you make Joe sound creepy as shit. He sounds like, what's his... he sounds like Anton Sugar. That's what he sounds like. It's a perfect impression. You're listening to another episode of another, another gaming podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Burchette. Oh, Jesus. As always, and we have Mike. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the news, and then we're going to talk about hype. The first news item today is... Well, don't keep us in suspense, Joe. What's the first news item of today? Oh, Jesus. We don't get to jump all... We don't get to just just skip past this. Mike stole my intro. No, I was doing it, like, twice before, and then you were like, let me do it. And now you're grinding us to a screeching halt. Do you want to do an intro, Lionel? Do do the intro. Go for it. I'm pouting now. No. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus Christ. Do the intro. We're not going to start till you do it. That's a lot of pressure. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome again to another episode of the Not Another Gaming Podcast. I am Joseph Rochette, and with, us, with me as always, I have Lionel. Hi. And we have Mike. We have Mike. <laughs> we don't have Mike. So it's just going to be me and you, Lionel. What is happening? All right. Let's talk about the first news story. All right. All right. All right. NECA Toys. NECA? Nick. Don't, Joe. No. Toys says Sony is bringing back Crash Bandicoot. (laughs) And after an update, that is not actually true. Not actually true at all. Uh, Apparently, uh, so in a quote that's saying, someone has misunderstood a comment. Made by the director Randy Falk. Falk. God, I'm so bad with names. Oh God. Apparently, uh, someone saw a a faked fan made image of 
Crash Bandicoot, and it kind of just went from there. Uh, so no Crash. That really sucks because I thought that was Naughty. That was one of Naughty Dog's best games that they made. I mean, were you guys both really big fans of those games, Mike? How about you? Crash Bandicoot Three is a masterpiece. I would agree. How about it's you, just... Lionel? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> And again, I am cut off. It's just a masterpiece, and you don't need any more information than that because my word is enough. That's right. No, it's just like a top to bottom. Like, there's so many different aspects to that game, and you. And by the time you actually earn all of those like um, skill sets that they put in for you to learn, you it feels natural. But there's just so much to it. It's uh, it's brilliant the way they build it up and they teach you everything. It's just it's a good game. Mm. Go buy it. It's on PSN. Cheap. Yeah, I, I bet the games probably they they wanted the games to be really good because wasn't it true for a while that they wanted Sony wanted that to be their mascot? Were were they trying yeah. to shoot for that? So I mean, they were trying to go toe to toe with Mario and Sonic using Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, and he. I guess you could say I mean, he, it was. I mean, he had of a mascot, specifically one made in the nineties. Was that I mean, a Bandicoot? Was yeah, it's like let's pick, roll the dice, see which animal we can get, and I'll put <laughs> pants on it and give him attitude. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he was their mascot. But Sony's always kind of had. It's odd they've had like, kind of. Uh, transient list of mascots like it just changes all the time mm-hmm. like right now you could argue that it's nathan drake you could argue yep. that at one point it was parabola rapper yeah but mm-hmm. it just changes all the time which is actually kind of cool because they have well i mean they made a game yeah. out of it uh what was that smash brothers clone they uh, did yeah all-stars battle royale yeah that do very well? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, nobody's talking about it now. So. Yeah, that's kind of sad. I think it did okay, but it, like, it didn't turn into fucking Smash Brothers. Not what, didn't mm-hmm. turn into what they wanted, what they were hoping for. Not really what I wanted. Yeah. I wish it was more of like uh, something more placed. When I think of places, I think of like third person mm. arena shooter or something. Like That would have been cool. Yeah, I would like that. Uh, so, Lionel, how about you? Do you did you have fond memories of playing the Crash well, games? Yeah, well, I'm trying to remember. Was it three or four where the villain was like the evil equivalent to the invincibility voodoo mask? Mm, I, think. I think it was. Uh, well, I, I recently was playing three. Um, yeah, I think it's three on PS One. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because I think that's the one. Like, there was one yeah. of my uh, go-to default rents when there wasn't anything like stand out there. It's like, okay, I know I'll have fun with this. Yeah, and I would rent that. Yeah, good old Crash. God damn, Naughty Dog! You just you you just always hitting that out of the park with your stuff. Great yeah, company. Good. Yeah. Just waiting for Jack and Daxter to come back, though. That I thoroughly enjoyed all those games. Oh yeah, I remember. It's like, okay, here we go. We got our spiritual successor right here, and like everyone was just yeah. messing their pants. Over 
over that first game. Because it was yeah, so much fun. I appreciate them, and I appreciated them more after they play them. But, like, especially looking back now, it's way too much like, like, hey, this is, like, hip shit that we're doing here. Like, these character designs are, like, hip and urban. Mm. And, like, I don't know, it's looking like, back cool. on them now, especially that third game, I think he it really looked very Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. But the animations were, I remember seeing just how they they were animating and they had like a program that would like uh, buffer between the animations like I think on the fly or something and it was really interesting technology but Naughty Dog's on top of their game always so yeah especially with the animation stuff so good alright on to the next article GameStop CEO says Sony VR hardware will ship this fall which which was Previously, Project Morpheus, so I guess they're now calling it PlayStation VR. So that's great news. I mean, considering that we're having a like, huge wave of VR headsets that were supposed to be coming out uh, this year, like the Oculus Rift, it said it's coming out later in the spring, I think March 28th. Then the HTC Vive is also coming out in April. So there's just going to be an insane just flood of VR stuff coming out uh, this year. Yeah, Oof. I mean that article was like it's projected to be like by 2026, uh, uh, what an 80 billion yep. or 26 billion or yeah. was it 80 billion? It was 80 billion by 2025. Yeah, 80 billion dollar industry by that point, and that's that speculation almost seems dangerous to me. It's like, yeah, how can you say that? Like you have, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> it just seems like. A, I mean, we'll see. Like, they, they think this is going to last for the next ten years, and it's just going to be that strong. But then again, I don't. I don't I'm not fucking Michael Pactor, so I don't know that. That might even be a modest number, you know. Yeah, I mean the the ones that were reporting this was Goldman Sachs, so I mean they're they're even on board with it. it's. It's a really, it's super. I mean, it's really serious now. Everyone is pretty much investing insane amounts of money into it. I mean, even outside of gaming, it's in film now. It's in yeah. just like, just almost every industry it's touching. So it's, I can definitely see why. I mean, I was I was staying at my mom's for a couple of days and I saw fucking, uh, it's no longer Regis and Kelly. It's Kelly and Michael now. But uh, some guy it's came completely- on the show and brought all these fucking gadgets and weird shit and one of the things he brought was a fucking VR headset Mm. so there's definitely push to start getting the market aware um, outside of gaming that this is something that exists yeah I mean and thanks to thanks to Google with the Google Cardboard I mean they made a really inexpensive way for people to just have access to VR I mean it's only 30 bucks and even now at the next they announced at the next Google I.O. which I believe is in a few months they're going to be showing off uh, uh, the next version of Google Cardboard which is going to be probably they're saying like a real full headset not just a little well piece of cardboard or something it's actually going to be like a real deal like the Oculus or something like that so Man, everyone's jumping on board with it. It's getting a little mm. crazy. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. So the next article here is ooh, about the ZX Spectrum, about how they're going to be releasing. Oh man. Uh, so yeah. So okay. So the ZX Spectrum brand, which was, which is now owned by Retro Computers, a company that's going to be releasing a handheld, a new handheld coming out now. Which I don't know if that's a great idea. They're calling it the. Sinclair VX Spectrum Vega Plus. So that that's a name. <laughs> um, two things. One, uh, do they have any uh, games set for it, and what's the price point? So that's going to make or break this. So I think uh, so it's going to be one hundred and forty-five dollars, and it's going to become preloaded with a thousand games on it. Hmm. I could not find a list of any single game. No, which is not a good yeah. sign. When, yeah. So now the the breaking point here is what games are on there because if this yeah. is like it's a like classic a library, it so, might justify it. Yeah, but the thing to keep in mind is this thing's already funded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and it does have a spot for like a, a micro SD or an SD card. And you can oh. put your own games on there. So basically, people, this is like this is a homebrew device. You can oh you yeah can put, probably put whatever games you want on there, and that's why people mm-hmm. are into it. Yeah, I mean we we've seen lots of handheld devices made that do exactly this by all by a bunch of third parties that really people don't really know about or being made in China or something like that. But mm-hmm. I think the only reason this might even stand any chance at all is just by the name, by the brand that it has. And that's well, that's with the older people for sure. But um, I don't know. Like, I think uh, if you can get it into the hands of the younger generation, I mean, I've met a lot of people much younger than me who, can go point for point, point for point with me with uh, conversations about old games like Sonic, Streets of Rage, that sort of thing. I think it's just a matter of figuring out how to get this handheld into the right hands. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> what is this brand? Because I've never heard of this. It's an old ass console, right? Joe? It, it was only released in Europe, so we never actually yeah. saw it over here in oh, America. I see. Yeah, yeah. It was released around the same time the Commodore sixty four came out, so it was kind of competing with that. Yeah, this is a Kickstarter project, folks. Yeah, so it's. I I mean, and also too, with the rise of just mobile devices and how game everyone can so easily get games on there, it's just. I mean, I still play but my 3DS. They're not the same games. I, yeah, I, I know. Yes, I mean, costs a lot. I know that the the experience is different. I mean, I still play my 3DS a lot, and I, but I still play some games on my phone as well. So yeah, the experience is different. But it just feels like is now the right time to release a handheld? It just doesn't feel no. like right now is the best I mean, time to do that. Well, they, let me let me counter your question, because... Joe. When is a good time to release a handheld at this point? Well, it. Uh, the answer is is yes because a a question I have is are they then I don't think they're releasing this in retail are they? No, they didn't state if they were or not, so I don't I don't know why wasn't it in the article. I mean, it's a good question. Way, they've hit their goals, so it's coming. There's demand, and they have plenty of time left, so there's definitely demand, and it's it speaks to a very specific uh, niche audience, I think. So. It's, they're not like trying to come out and compete with Nintendo or, or you know, they're not trying to get 
this thing into everybody's in America's hands, like an iPhone. Uh, yeah, it's a it's very a spe specific audience that probably wants to just homebrew on it. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, so, um, there was an attempt with something like this, though. I think they may have been too ambitious. They were trying to uh, sort of re resurrect the Neo Geo. Um, I can't remember. I think it was called Neo Geo Gold or something like that. And they were. It was basically like a Neo Geo controller with a handheld system in it that was emulating hmm. a Neo Geo emulator, like like Neo Rage X or something. And um, it was okay as a handheld, but they were trying to do it as like a handheld console combo type thing, and it just didn't work out. Um, they were trying to make it like play it up as like a low price point contender for the consoles out now and I think that was maybe their downfall and I feel kind of like I don't, I don't feel like they're going to make this the ZX Spectrum is going to make the same mistake at least I'm hoping not yeah I, I think you guys are right though it is it's not trying to be the next Nintendo or whatever it's just it's just something for the fans people who were nostalgic something about else. it yeah so yeah. It's another thing you can try. Yeah. Another option. And it's not that expensive. I mean, $145. I mean, considering what you're getting for right. it, eh. it. It's really going to depend on the games on there. Yeah, that's kind of scares me like, a little bit. As they said, like, and they said there's like, what, like a thousand on there. Yeah, preloaded on there. If like even a quarter of them are decent. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of games. A thousand. All right. Uh, well, uh, I'm excited to see. Maybe we'll see more news, more coverage on it. Maybe they might show off some, you know, some some killer killer yeah. games for it. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So next story here: Bandai Namco halts new arcade games due to arcade slump. So kind of. No! <laughs> <laughs> I knew this one was going to stink for jumper cables. It's happening, Lionel. It's happening in the in the. It's like one of the last places where the arcade was still. An industry it was still booming, and no, yeah. See, the, no. the, the thing that <clears throat> I kind of wish that That's they would go out there. I kind of out. <laughs> I kind of wish they would have gave a bit more detail into why the the arcade machines just weren't working. But they just said it just they, their profits just weren't enough anymore. So they're not going to yeah. be releasing new more new arcade machines. They're going down. That's that's going to hurt them. Yeah, not just regards to you know that experience by itself but also especially with fighting games they use the arcades out there for like testing like that's the first place you'll see a new fighting game come out long before it comes out to any console even in japan you'll be seeing yeah. footage collected from arcades out there yeah well that's I guess I guess uh, something we talked about in the previous episode where that's where they open betas are coming in which well, is a little sad. Well, clearly, now. it's. I mean, it's it's kind of sad that it's just they're just not making enough money from that. They were like a quick mention here is that they were making three hundred and three million dollars, which went down from the previous nine months of three hundred and seventy three million. So they're losing a lot of money with this. It's it's, it's that's a, that's a real shame. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder if it has something to do with like a larger cultural shift in mm. Japanese culture because I was under the I, from what I had heard before it was that the reason it was still all booming is because you know people 
in Japan, they're, they work and they come home and they live in these tiny little spaces and they don't really want to hang out at home because the, the housing is so, the rooms are so tiny and shit and you can't fit a lot of people. So they, they go out and when they go out, you know, they go to arcades and stuff. So that's kept it thriving for a long time. And that's kind of hmm. just kind of hearsay from what I've understood. But I wonder if something's changing. Um, yeah. I, I wonder what's becoming really popular over there now, entertainment wise. I mean, clearly it's not the, ar- the arcade scene anymore. Is it the handhelds? I know the, the PSP, even though out here it's not doing yeah, fantastic. Handhelds have always been big over there. So I, I don't know why. The dynamite combination of the PSP and Monster Hunter. Yeah, I they know, love that shit out there. I don't know why. Hmm. Yeah, and just some other uh, quick other news related to their financials. Uh, so. What's doing really, really well for the company is the Yokai Watch property. So selling lots of toys mm-hmm. and the games and other things related to that is is doing. They said it was doing really well, but even that's starting to go downhill. But they said the one property that's doing incredibly and it's actually going up is their Mobile Suit Gundam franchises. So that's actually starting to pick up speed. Yeah. Gundam's an institution out there. Yeah, yeah. someone's cooking or something. something. Yeah. Uh, all right, let me see. Somebody's cook. All right, so la, 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 la. so hopefully things will pick up for them the next year or so, and we'll find out what happens. All right, so next article here is this is kind of a, a quickie, but mobile devices will be more powerful than PlayStation Four, Xbox One in 2017. This is not really that surprising. I mean, we're seeing advances in the mobile hardware just going yeah. so incredibly fast that it's going to be all about the multi-tool yeah yeah Moore's this law. Thing does everything for you yeah. Uh, yeah interesting point that was brought up in here though is that the guy who was discussing and saying these numbers he was also saying that that, that the hardware increase it, as it gets as the hardware gets better and with the rise of vr and augmented reality stuff uh becoming more mobile that it's just going to help with actually growing that market even more. So Mar- mobile is, ob- is going to be playing a really, really huge part in all that stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's coming. It's big. Now the I'm question excited. is how long before the holodeck? That's already kind of happening. Microsoft with their HoloLens. Well, not holodeck, yeah. but sort of similar kind of. We'll oh, no, I'm talking the full-on holodeck from next generation. Oh, well. In due time. Uh, I'm sure. See, that's one of those things where it's like that's not terribly practical, considering other ways you could do that. But it's been popularized by Star Trek, so people will actually probably want that. Mm. So, so you know, like a small segment of people will probably like try and band together and like put that, put something like that together. Yeah, I feel kind of like the first step in something. I really want to see before I die is like a movie you watch with the VR thing. You're not necessarily in it, but you're in the areas where it's happening. <laughs> like, like it starts off in the bar and you're sitting like a table away from the main characters. When they start running from something, you actually got to get up and run and you're in the car with them during the car chase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
something kind of close to that is that another area that uh in the same uh restaurant as in Harry yeah. and Sally. <laughs> it's all happening. VR is gonna make that sort of it's gonna make that sort happen. I mean, VR is becoming a really big deal in, tour- in tourism as well. Sitting at the same restaurant as uh, Denzel and Train Day when they're talking about that <laughs> insanity plea. Oh, yeah. You're sitting with Ethan Hawke as he gets his steak. All right, so this next one, four years later, disaster. Wait a minute. Go for Were it. we done talking about that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. Uh, so four years later, disaster report four lives. Okay. I, Mike, I was seeing on Twitter that you were excited about this, and I saw a bunch of other people excited about this game. I don't know anything about this game. Why, sh- why are people excited that's about this game? That's because you're a fucking commie piece of shit. <laughs> Apparently so. This game, Jumper Cables, <laughs> do you know this game? Um, I've heard about it. I think I started watching a Let's Play for one of the games that came out here. You've seen me play it. It's like, it, a, like a survival type thing, Have right? you seen me play like, it? Or did I talk to you I don't about think it so. while I was playing it? So no, I, actually. I, I played this... I'm surprised I didn't mention it on the old podcast, but I played the first one. Like I rented it on a whim, and it was very much like I rented it, and I played it, and I finished it, and when I was done, I think I had no opinion on it at all. It was a thing wow. that I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I have fond, strange memories about it. Hmm. Like, it, 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 was, it was weird. Like, you could, uh, honestly, a lot of it kind of seems like proto The Last of Us, like, a little bit. It was you, you're running around, like, this after a disaster trying to like I don't know there was like a weird conspiracy plot behind the disaster too that you could unravel and there was like multiple endings and you could like you had a backpack and Mm. you would uh, keep like water and medical supplies and and shit in there and you could combine things I think but mostly I just (laughs) and in that trailer um one of the things that really resonated with me was just uh, in the image of a uh, someone climbing up a big like uh, climbing up rubble while wearing a backpack. That's basically mm. the entire game. Mm. <laughs> uh, but it, it's just weird. It's one of those weird, charming Japanese games that's like this shouldn't exist, but it does, and I'm like grateful that it does. It, it sounds kind of like. Uh... Like Lost in Blue or Survival Kids, but in like a <laughs> like a city yeah. set, like yeah. a screwed up city setting. Like, yeah. okay, this time instead of surviving the wilderness, you're surviving the post-apocalypse. Yeah, I mean it was more like an earthquake or something. So, um, so were you? So were you, were you just? navigating the world and just trying I mean what exactly was were you trying to escape to somewhere safe or well I think it progressed kind of linear, linearly okay. linearly <laughs> um, linearly um, so there was a story and you would interact with people and I think you made decisions and stuff um, but yeah I just it's, like I said it was one of those games like I, I don't remember forming an opinion. I liked it, I think. Mm. 
I think I liked it. (laughs) I rented it and I played it to the end, I think. And then I returned it. And then I I may never have said anything about it ever again. It was an experience. Actually, one of my claim to fames is that I I met the guy who uh, wrote the strategy guide for Disaster Report. And he actually told me that he had uh, a bunch of stacks of that strategy guide sitting in his apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Uses them to prop up furniture. Yeah, huh. I, sh- I should hit him up on Twitter. I want a signed copy of one of those. Yeah, <laughs> he'd probably be really annoyed. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> His um, name's uh, Damian Lynn. Damian. Yeah, but even after, like, I I've never played the game, but watching the video, the game does look really cool. So, I I would I wouldn't mind playing it. Uh, so also related to that, that the like that same developer is also making uh, another game with Ultraman and possibly Godzilla in it. Yeah. It looks, oh. it looks, uh, it looks the dream yes. match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm putting all my on Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the screenshot. He's definitely in the game. Sweet. So basically, it's a. Uh... It's a disaster report, but the cause of the disaster is Ultraman fighting monsters. So you'll just be running around on the grid, which I really it's gonna like. Be it's going to be Godzilla's love... atomic breath versus Ultraman's elbow yeah. beam. I, I just love this idea even more because it's like what I just said shouldn't exist, but this like shouldn't exist even more. <laughs> it's great. Oh man! And really, the concept is what I wanted from the Godzilla movie, which was awful. Uh, I and I don't say that about a lot of movies, but I really thought they should have honed in on like man being helpless against nature. Uh, and this game is kind of—it gives me like I, I'm really stoked. <laughs> I hope these games come to the U.S. I wanna. I want for there to be a button for me to stop what I'm doing and cheer for Ultraman. <laughs> All I'm saying. Yeah. No. It's that is like just the perfect mix of everything you would want in a game. Just disasters, Ultraman, Godzilla. I mean, what, there's nothing missing there. It's it's the well, perfect. it's it's missing the part where they team up to fight King Ghidorah. Oh and my then god. Mecha King Ghidorah. Yes. Good lord. Oh my, that is something Joe needs now. All right, uh, Ultraman. Okay, all right. sorry, I'm done. All right, all right. Next one here. Oh, rapper man, fighting man, mm-hmm. going at it. Uh, oh, yeah, Lionel. We got a uh, Daigo Umahara. Yes, a legend in the uh, fighting game in fighting game circles, namely for, um, I, I can't remember which Evo it was. Uh, uh, what seven or 2007? I want maybe 2007. The cliff notes version is the Justin match. His health is zero. He's playing against Justin Wong. Justin Wong busts out the Chun Li hyper and he parries every move of it. Yeah. It's amazing. Counts with the hyper. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Just raw skill. 
Which uh, did either of you it's, guys? It's, it's beyond raw skill. That shit is damn near miraculous. Yeah. Did either like, of you guys get a chance to watch this video? I only saw a little I, bit at the beginning. I didn't see it. I didn't watch all of it. I see it, unfortunately. Yeah. So I saw the whole thing, and my impressions are. So the next article is that a lot of people are saying that it was staged. I don't know if staged is the right word. It's it was just an exhibition match. But if you if you do think about it, like first off, watching it, it's like okay, like you know, Daigo's like one of the best players, if not the best player in, in Street Fighter out there, and he's he's Lupe just keeps hitting him with like the standard like uh, forward jump kick. And it's like you keep missing that. It's like it, it doesn't. It's like come on, no. And then he keeps getting thrown by him, and it's just like, uh, it's like this doesn't seem. I mean, there were a couple of matches where he really tore into him and tore his ass. So I, I think he was basically. I don't think we were getting top notch Daigo here. Um, well, no, there's there's a precedent for this. Um, Collusion's been kind of a, a problem in tournaments as of late. Like, it, it's this weird thing where even even more than winning or losing the prize money, you'll sometimes have guys come in here and like not want to lose face, and will occasionally do some suspect stuff. Like, they're not picking their mains when they're playing, or like one of them kind of like backs out suddenly out of nowhere and. Um, I can't name any specifics, but just that it was a kind of an issue. And I think at one point a stream got shut down because the guy running it suspected. Yeah, there was well, some I mean, confusion I, going. I don't think anything sinister is going on here. I think it's just like here's an exhibition match. Street Fighter Five is coming out. We want to draw attention to the fighting game community. I mean, Daigo's probably just. He was probably treating it pretty casual. I don't know if he let him yeah. win or not. But when you think about it, well, this seeing has been that too. Sorry, go ahead. When you think about it, um, Daigo beating Lupe Fiasco at Street Fighter Five is not a headline um, outside yeah. of the fighting game community. Outside of the fighting game community, Lupe Fiasco beating like the top. Street Fighter player in an exhibition match is a big headline for wherever oh, your else that's going. Yeah. You know, the hip hop community that's... might take notice, or, or other people who just know who Lupe is and don't know Street Fighter Five is even coming out will see that. So it's, it struck me as kind of an awareness thing. Um, uh, and Daigo, he looked pretty tired. <laughs> <laughs> he was really sweaty. Yeah. Uh, it is kind of it, other than that the video is kind of weird like Lupe like bowed to him a lot but he was very respectful he was kind of reminded me of uh, Tim Robbins in High Fidelity a little bit not asshole-ish but just like you know the type of like people that are like oh lost <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this is actually that sort of thing specifically done for marketing has happened before um I want to say 
there's multiple stories of this, but like one I can vaguely remember is the story of like a smash tournament going on. And, uh, I think it was at a GameStop and it's just like preteen girl shows up and just starts annihilating everyone, including at least one pro player. And then come to find out that there's like someone behind the scene actively controlling the character she's supposed to be playing as. Hmm. Yeah. 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 All for the views, for the clicks. The clicks. Yeah, I mean, just from just looking on the outside, it just really just seemed like another one of those type of things where, like, like, like a lot of the times what they do with Madden is they'll get some sort of really famous athlete to play the game with someone else or a developer or a really good player or whatever, and it's just for, yeah. just for show. That's how it's, that's just how I saw this. Pretty yeah. Much. Well, I mean, that is what it was, but yeah. I, I think. Yeah, it really seems to get blown up a lot yeah. and a lot Remind of. Reminded <laughs> me of like uh, <laughs> it was like uh, Rocky Six. Like, what are you doing, old man? This is an <laughs> exhibition match. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to mention <laughs> Rocky Three with like Hulk Hogan's ass in there. Oh, uh, kind of. But yeah. oh, that's what makes me think there was a couple instances in pro wrestling where they tried that, like have some celebrities in a match to get some attention. I think uh, the weirdest one may have involved, may have, may have involved Jay Leno. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. That's different. And then there was like Carl Malone in one wrestler versus Dennis Rodman in another wrestler. Carl Malone. (laughs) The mailman. (laughs) Oh boy, yeah. Either way, good good stuff for the fighting game community. Yeah. Carl so. Malone has a comic book where he goes to space. You should buy it. Whoa. Yes. Interesting. All right. Next one. Ooh, I like this one. This game was actually quite fun. My fingers hurt though. Uh, so Leonardo DiCaprio really works for that Oscar in Red Carpet Rampage. Not sure why I said it like that, but it's just, it's a really funny web game, and you just kind of just tap a, I think it was the the G and H button as fast as you can to make Leo run towards yeah. <laughs> uh, the Oscar. Okay. It's good fun. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> it's great. It's kind of mean, but God. it's good fun. Yeah. Everyone is just laying into him over this. Well, it's not that they're laying into him. It's just that everybody is just like, why hasn't he got it? Like everyone just wants him to. <laughs> get one but it's like, um, and I still I say the same thing I've been saying is, and that's that um, he hasn't turned in an Academy Award winning performance that's why he hasn't gotten one he's turned in damn good amazing ones mm. uh, but there's always been someone better uh, so I'm not actually sure who's he's up against this year uh, but uh, you know that's <laughs> that's the Oscar so white problem um, is that they're all from random shit that I didn't hear about uh, or didn't get a chance to see yet but <laughs> it's a really clever game like the power ups are are like Golden Globe Awards <laughs> and SAG Awards and uh, <laughs> all this shit you have to like race um, Michael Fassbender was yeah dressed as Steve Jobs and Eddie Redmayne dressed as the the Danish girl yeah oh, that's right those are the nominees 
But, uh, Both uh, really good movies. I didn't see either one. But, uh, and for some reason, Lady Gaga keeps getting in the way. I'm not really sure what they were trying to say mm. with that, but she keeps showing up. But, uh, and then paparazzi, it's, it's pretty, I was surprised at how well this game actually looks and plays. Yeah. The mu- uh, music's nice too. But yeah, <laughs> I love how, uh, when you finish it, you get a, a little countdown. This is how many SAG awards. This is how many Golden Globes you got. And this is how many Oscars you got. It's always zero. No. You can't get it. They actually have, and there's a mini game. Jump Cables, did you play it? No. Oh. There's a mini game. They have little mini games where, you know, you make Leo act harder or something. But one of the mini <laughs> games was uh, uh, find the. Uh, a black nominee and it brings up this screen a few times and by the first time you're like who and then by the second time you're like yeah there's no black nominees here <laughs> you can't oh. win this mini game <laughs> oh. oh this is great i really loved it but the the developers said that they'll give a cheat code to leonardo dicaprio if he tweets at them a special surprise I don't know if it'll be the Oscar but we'll see God, he does... I, I think they said they'd even update it after the Oscars if you will. I hope he does I really like his acting a lot and like Wolf of Wall Street was really <coughs> Wolf of Wall Street I enjoyed him a lot in that yeah that's definitely not an Academy Award winning performance so oh. he's good like he's always good. I think the closest he got for me was in Django. Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, did you did you guys see The Revenant? No, not yet. Still need it's, to see it. It's fucking amazing. Yet, yeah. And you saw it? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's definitely my probably my favorite film of the year. Like oh. it's it's hit another class like above everything else it's just a masterpiece it's just an amazing film do you think his acting was good enough in there for an oscar or i could see why they would give it to him if they did but i think there are better actors um that actually it's a very physical performance that he put in um Mm. it's very you can tell he worked his ass off and he definitely went to some places for it but i just in terms of acting ability i i think you know i think even tom hardy was more of amazing of an actor in that film but i think leo worked harder and so if it were up to me i probably still wouldn't give it to him Uh, but I, I haven't seen the other nominees, so I, I don't know. God, poor Leo. <sighs> yeah. At this point, I'm just going to steal give it to him. Uh, like carve his name on it. I mean, he'll get one. He's he's not old. No. <laughs> no. It's just people just, it's just this weird thing that people have latched onto. Like, oh, why hasn't he? Why hasn't he? It's like, because he's so good, but it's like, I don't know if this is the one, but I feel like this might be the one, like, and if, and people will know what I, I say when I say that it might be the one in terms of the 
The Departed was the one for Scorsese, mm. where that's definitely not Scorsese's best film. Uh, but that was yeah. the one that they gave him the Oscar for. So we'll see. Yep, yep. Hang in there, Leo. <laughs> Your day will come. All right. Uh, He's in this weird like crop of people where it's like, this guy's like successful and, and good looking and has all this attention. I should not feel as sorry for him as I do right now. <laughs> we all love Leo. He's an environmentalist and he cares about people and he talks about Indians. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great guy. I know, it's just, I'm sitting here getting bummed out over it. And it's like, Jipper Cables, he's a goddamn millionaire. <laughs> he's literally banged at least one supermodel. All right, there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, last story of the night. This is a really cool Kickstarter for a game called Super Russian Roulette. It's a, <laughs> it's a crazy party I game. Play it without dying. Yeah, it's crazy party game built on... Uh, for Nintendo, so it's an actual like NES cartridge. That's that's awesome that someone did that. I don't, but um, what's their? They're out right now. They're about halfway, halfway oh, really? almost there. Really? Yeah, it's they um like a quarter when I checked earlier today, so that's good. Yeah, and it's still, still got thirty two days left. Um, oh, sh- are you yeah. sure thirty two or I thought it was twenty two? Nope, thirty two days left to go. Oh yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm not oh, even sure they had stretch goals. Did they? Let me take a quick looky. I don't think they did. Oh, you're right. No, they didn't. It's just, huh? They better some. Yeah. Either they way, though. Yeah. Some. This game. I'm sure you guys both watched the. Yeah, of course you watched the video. It looks. It's so funny. It looks great. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Put the gun to your head. Cool. <laughs> you just, yeah. Just I like those it. pictures of like. <laughs> <laughs> the game set up with shot glasses across from the cowboy. <laughs> like, That's right. right. Yeah, we're going hard on this yeah. shit. So, so basically, this game—if you haven't seen the Kickstarter—is it's uh, it uses the uh, what do you call that shit? Uh, light light gun? No, not light gun. What's, What's it zapper? called? The zapper. Zapper. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, there's a cowboy on the screen. And he's and you get like up to you get three of your friends and you sit around a table, and the cowboy is challenging you all to Russian roulette. <laughs> and so you yeah, and then you play Russian roulette, pull the trigger, and he's got like a, a bunch of voice uh, bits that he can say, and some of the backer rewards let you uh, have those customized or put your own voice bits in or have a splash a track screen for like your business or something but uh yeah it looks super cool yeah it looks like a lot of fun to play with a bunch of people so yeah sure i'll be playing that shit by myself (laughs) 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 every time i I take a shot (laughs) oh man I just like the fact that there's a game with that name, so you could just say that I'm playing Russian Roulette. Good stuff. Super Russian Roulette. Super. Like, hey, Lama, I heard you called in sick today. What happened? I was playing Super Russian Roulette. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Uh, definitely worth checking out. And toss your monies in there. Get yourself a copy of Super Russian Roulette. All right. Those are all the stories for the night. Those are all the stories. Topic. 
You should follow. It's topic time. Follow Anthony Carboni or A Carboni underscore ebooks on Twitter. It's a somebody made a bot that like uses his old posts to make new posts. It's it's amazing. I, I talked to him. Uh, I asked him what his favorite '90s movie was, and and uh, he was very dodgy. Hmm. And at one point, he was just like, "Don't eat it with a goddamn spoon." Okay. <laughs> so that was video game news. All right. <laughs> speaking of, yeah, I don't know. The eating yeah. the goddamn spoon. Yeah. Speaking of the hype. Yeah. There you go. Oh, it's the time. Okay. So I asked these gentlemen to think about what games they were most hyped for, like, and how. Not only that, but what lengths did they go to to play? a certain game you know or what was the most excruciating wait you ever had for a game or like what was the most game you anticipated you know mm. what do you think Joe uh, I'm gonna have to say Smash Brothers Brawl was that but I kind of already talked about that so I'm gonna say another oh one with that. Supersonic Supersonic, Sonic Three, yeah. If I can remember, yeah, I remember just losing my shit about that game and just asking my mom to get that game for me because I wanted so badly. And Sega Genesis games were expensive back then. That shit was like eighty dollars for that game. Mm. But, but um, yeah. Everything being that expensive. Yeah, it's. That's because you didn't have to pay for it. Yeah, no, it was. I spent all my birthday money on Sonic and Knuckles. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but that's the one well, I. Well, then you remember. Well, there you go. I remember it being closer to forty bucks, maybe. I don't know. It, at the most. It was Joe was small, brain not developed. So there you go. Um, but yeah, definitely Sonic Three. Because I, I played Sonic One and Two, I was just obsessed about. So three, I was just, I was trying to get, I was looking at every video game magazine that was out at the time, just trying to, just, just, I wanted it so badly. It was almost painful. So that, and when it finally came out and I played it, it just felt like it was over too fast. And I was, I just felt bad. But, uh, but yeah, definitely Sonic 3 Did for me. Did you beat it? I did beat it. And then when it was over, I tried to get, you know, I was going to become supersonic and then, but it just. It just would happen so fast because I, I wanted it and I just chewed through it quickly. I was like, well, fuck, it's I over. Think there's two reasons for that. There's two reasons for that. Uh, one is Sonic 3 is the first one to institute in-game saves. Yeah. So <laughs> every time you, you, know, you, lost, you game over, you weren't starting from the very beginning. That might have been you why. You didn't even have to put the cheat code. Yeah. So you could just start from where you left off. That's part one. Part two is that Sonic 3, as it was originally envisioned, is only half the game. Mm. Sonic 3 and its continuation in Sonic and Knuckles is meant to be the full game. Something you'll notice is that um, if you actually put Sonic 3 into Sonic and Knuckles, when you play through Sonic 3, it goes seamlessly into Sonic and Knuckles. Like you beat the last boss in 3, it's Sonic and Knuckles level 1. And then it just keeps going. So wait, after you beat Dr. Robotnik in the space, outer space thing or whatever, it goes right? Interesting. 
I never tried that. Yeah, like it's there's actually like um what is it? There's like this animation of like you're fighting Robotnik on that platform in yeah. three and then it like fall down and you fall down into the first level of Sonic and Knuckles. Well dang. I now I gotta yeah. now I gotta try that. I gotta find myself a Sega. And it's also why there's the special secret true ending of Sonic and Knuckles, which is the Doomsday Zone. You can only get that if you uh play through Sonic three and Knuckles. Like you play through the whole thing and get all the chaos symbols. And yeah. Hmm. Well, I learned something new today. I need to try that out. But um but yeah, that Sonic Three was definitely the game that I was most hype about and just was just chomping at the bit for. So that's mm. my game. Interesting. What about you, Jumpa Cables? Um well, let me uh, do a short version of this because I've talked about No More Heroes so many times. But the weight on that thing was <laughs> five notches above excruciate. <laughs> yeah. But I was still happy to play it. Um, not as much like the case in regards to excruciating weights, but definitely hype in regards to No More Heroes 2. That may have been the first instance of like me anticipate no it wasn't the first instance of me anticipating a game and getting it but it may have been the most satisfying um uh, wait which one did you actually buy before you had the console oh oh i bought a a no more heroes back in vegas yeah it was just sitting on that thing for years before yeah. my dad like fumbled me and then I was like okay now I can finally play this for real yeah. at least two years later maybe more I'm trying to think of uh, other instances of hype uh, yeah. ooh here's maybe one for both of us Joe um, Advance Wars 2 I was hyped and very disappointed wait no 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 I wasn't disappointed <laughs> No, that was the uh, shoot. Which one was that? I'm my brain getting brain. That was that was on the uh, GBA. That was when they introduced the uh, black hole. Yes. Okay. No, I was actually it was the third one that I just was very disappointed in. That was the yeah. No, the second one was the best one I, to this day. I feel like it's it's my most favorite version of it. Oh yeah, that was nuts. Like <laughs> we were all chomping at the bit and um. Uh, I guess long before it got a proper release on the console, um, ROMs were available. So we all pirated it and beat it within like what two or three days. Yeah, and just like like we were still waiting, we were still anticipating the physical release so we could actually play against each other. Yeah, because we had like we had like a proper rivalries going on in regards to that game. I love that game so much. Good times. Got me through high school. It did. Oh yeah. Yeah. Never. Never mind. You know that education and all that. That BS. It was all about using time between lunch and breaks to plot out our next move. God. Yeah. Should I? I have a lot of stories. <laughs> and maybe a, mine will jog your guys's. So here's, yeah. so here's one where uh, the hype was not exceptional, but I remember being in a, in a, actually, fucking, well, you guys remember the Matrix Fever, right? 
Yep. Oh, God. Huge. <laughs> and the first big tie-in game was this game I like to call Enter the Craptrix. So it was actually called Enter the Matrix. Um, I remember going to the Metreon. You guys remember that? Yeah. Of course you do. And they had all these kiosks lined up where you just go and play fucking whatever game you want. It was like a bar. I think you could even request them to put shit in for you. But, oh, yeah. Um, can I tell my Metreon story here? No, what is it? About uh, the homeless guy playing Virtual Fighter. No. <laughs> uh, I go in there. My mom just kind of is like, okay, I got to do some stuff out here. Do you, you want to just chill here for a minute? And I'm like, yeah, okay, there's video games all over the place. And this one guy, I, it's probably not fair to necessarily say he's homeless. I say that because he like had this dingy-ass beard and this old-ass coat. Like He looked pretty, pretty bummed out, but he didn't stink. But uh, I just thought he was homeless, uh, or at the very least, he <laughs> or didn't have shit to do. <laughs> Anyhow, he's chilling out. He's just, just playing Virtual Fighter <laughs> for the hell of it. Not saying a whole lot. Kind of, kind of intent. He seems to be enjoying himself. I'm kind of playing something off to the side because I want to play it. It's like, uh, maybe like the first time I got to play Virtual Fighter Four. It just looked insane. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing some other game off to the side, just kind of chilling. And like the first instance I see that he's like not in this trance is when this guy tells him, "Okay, you got a uh, 15 minutes, so otherwise you gotta you know pay for extra time." And you know nothing going on. With the, it's it's friendly. It seems like the guy knows him, which is why I'm assuming he's a regular. And he beats Akira after Akira comes the boss, which is this metal robot thing named Doral and right after he meets Akira he says the first and only words I heard out of him which is now I gotta fight that bitch with the silver titties (laughs) yeah I remember that story now (laughs) but yeah so during the time I was there they had fucking enter the matrix set up and I always remember this one dude who was like, "Did you guys ever see the replacement killers?" Yep. You know the white guy with all the guns that they go to see. I think he's so. Su- he's super wigged out, but I just remember this dude like showing his boy, like, I don't know why this sticks in my head, but he just jumped onto a ladder. He's like, "Check this out!" And then he slow mode himself jumping onto the ladder and he made this noise he was like like it was tight shit (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean seeing all the magazines that they were like I mean because they shot a bunch of footage for this game like live action footage with fucking Mm -hmm. uh, Anthony Wong and Jada Pinkett it's like made to be like a huge tie in to the movie what? Yeah, it's supposed to be this big thing, and it's like, <laughs> like the Wachowskis obviously love video games, but it just didn't work out because they probably had to uh, release it around the time of uh, Reloaded, uh, which yeah, mm-hmm. the story does tie into Reloaded, and uh, yeah, it was just so. 
I was I was hyped. I I think I actually pre ordered that game. I pre ordered Enter the Matrix. Hmm. <laughs> and then uh yeah, it's a it's a it's a pile of shit. It's oh. not finished. <laughs> the UI looks like garbage. It's like the Kung Fu system's kind of fun, but not really. It's just like there's lots of glitches. Just the weapons have no punch. The controls are weird. It's just, but it's like, damn. I think that might have been the game that made me never pre-order another game ever again. Wow, <laughs> that's funny. That's kind of sad, though. It is. Yeah. Um, I think I did pre... Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, you did succeed in jogging my memory, as it turns out. Um, I have a track record of pre-ordering things before I have the consoles, because at one point, Joe loaned me his PS2, and uh, Ed loaned me a copy of Devil May Cry, and I blew through the thing like nobody's business, and... um, got so pumped that like I went to GameStop and pre-ordered DMC 3. (laughs) Mostly because it came with a wall scroll. And then like, sure enough, before the game comes out, Joe's like, hey, it's uh, here, it's your birthday. Well, uh, that that, that PS2 you got there, why don't you keep it? (laughs) And I think that may be the same PS2 I have in storage right now. Uh, How sweet, Joe. Yeah. Joe, you're such a nice guy. You always give us your free extra shit. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, Joe, didn't you give me a Dreamcast too? Probably. That sounds like something Joe would do. Yeah, you did. Like, like I remember you and Ed figured out how to fix this, this like glitch. You guys kept hitting with your Dreamcast, and because you fixed one, you had a spare. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think uh, I'm looking at that Dreamcast right now. It's in my living room. <laughs> it's sitting on top of my Dreamcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, then that's it. So, so actually, Mike, I had a question about the the Matrix game. Was it? Did it just? Did it look like it was? Like they didn't have enough time to finish yeah, it? it was or rushed. it was unfinished. Oh, it was rushed. Okay. <coughs> it looked legit. I remember okay. Mike bringing it over uh, during one of those like week long visits. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And I was kind of like, "Oh, this is fun." Wait a minute. <laughs> That's the entire. You just described the entire experience. <laughs> That's. I've never heard a more succinct description of Enter the Matrix other than, "Oh, this is fun." Wait a minute. <laughs> and we have our episode. Good. No. Yes. <laughs> Say it, Mike. Say it. Say what? Angrily tell Joe you're not done yet. I'm not fucking done. (laughs) You just scratched the surface, motherfucker. Continue, sir. I haven't even... There's so much to talk about. Uh, There's a second part, too. Anyway. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, going back to pre-orders, there was another game that I pre-ordered. And was sort of disappointed with, and that was Metal Gear Solid Four. <laughs> I so I have a, I, I've you guys have heard me say this before probably, um, and it's just not true anymore because it's 
impossible legally for it to be true that uh, my whole life is the wait in between Metal Gear games. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I could change it to the, the wait in between Hideo Kojima games. Yeah. Hideo Kojima. Um, anyway, yeah. I mean, have I talked about, I think I talked about in one of the early episodes, um, my anticipation for MGS1. Mm-hmm. You know, playing the demo and reading the fucking expert gamers, the whole strategy guide, I knew what to do when I, before. I, I knew the whole game, like what to do in every scenario before I even had that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when the MGS2 trailer came out, I was just incredibly hyped. And then, you know, I waited for that. And I like stayed up all night playing it. And then got to the fucking riding part, and it was like, what? And mm. at that point, I was sleepy, and I turned it off. And then I turned it back on, and it was a completely different game. <laughs> the game blew my dick off. Um, and then hating the ending, and then later coming to love the ending. And then God, MGS3, being in college, fucking listening to the or wait maybe that was later but i remember asking my dad to check the stores before he came home for me for the fucking opm that had the fucking snake eater demo on it and then finally getting it and just playing the shit out of that demo it's just like there's so much there's been so much hype for me with those games (laughs) and then four listening to their fucking podcast every week (laughs) On my, that I had to, would have to download on 56k and then Peace Walker was one that I kind of didn't have hype for just because I didn't have a PSP when it came out or my PSP was broken at the time so it was kind of a lull there and then and also I was kind of burnt from 4 because I really hated the ending um, I still kind of do. Um, actually, that whole game story is a disaster. <laughs> but I still say graveyard fight. What, well, yeah, I that's just, all he, should, he shouldn't have come back at all. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if that's going to happen, you might as well. Yeah, but no, we got a 45 minute long cutscene instead where a big boss comes back from the dead and explains the entire plot. And um, then dies. Yep. It's touching, but at the same time, it's like, this is really bad storytelling. Well, um, in, in retrospect, it's kind of interesting, like, coming out of five. Like, I think, I think five kind of like, uh, if there's like one good thing it did, at least for me, it, it kind of like added a lot of gravitas to the nature of this war between basically this war between symbols, the symbols being uh, Major Zero and Big Boss. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense um, retroactively uh, mm-hmm. after, you know. But, like, so the wait from five is probably my most recent, like, get hyped shit. You know, like, it's just like every trailer was cut so amazingly. Mm-hmm. And it was, everything was just so beautifully done, and the story notes that they were hitting, and all the stuff we didn't, like, 
all this stuff that I thought was like, oh, he's not showing us this. Like, they've only showed two locales. There's probably like five locales. Or like, they haven't showed this character. Like, where's Gray Fox? They haven't showed him. Like, I can't wait to just be surprised and see him in the game. And then yeah. it was just such a fucking humongous disappointment that like there was actually shit in the trailers that was not in the games. Like yeah. the game mm. was so chopped up and just smaller than it was. It's a big game, but there's a lot of redundancies in the gameplay. It's big in regards to gameplay more so than. Well, even that people like, over overstate that story that. looked like it was going to be huge. I mean, and it's just kind of like bleh. gameplay wise, like it, it's not as it, it's deep. The systems are deep, but after a while, it's like okay, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. And for yeah. A lot of people like the carrot dangling of like developing new items and shit was like keeping them going. But for me, it's just it wasn't enough. Like I played for the mm-hmm. story and like, I want cool new stuff to use during the story, but then the story ended and it's, it's just like, huh? Like it's just an unfinished game. And then the, the endings on the real endings on YouTube, it's just like, it's the, the whole thing is just a big exclamation point. No pun intended on the end of the <laughs> fucking sentence that was Kojima's relationship with Konami. Um, Mm. So yeah, how disappointing was that? Not getting able to play out that final conflict, which was effectively supposed to be a war. Yeah, that's just it's so. It's a it's one of the great shames. <laughs> I mean, I I I've talked about it before plenty. It's mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm glad he's on to bigger and better things. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's having fun. Yeah, he's having a lot of fun now. It's uh, good. As it's far good for as, you, Kojima son. Yeah, but as far as like hype trains go, like, you guys think of any other, like, what are hype trains that you have not boarded? <sighs> oh, uh, Halo blank. That's a good one. Um. Motherfuckers getting the date for Halo 2 tattooed. <laughs> uh, yeah, huh. I mean, I, I never got into Halo. I mean, I was kind of I played a lot of the first one, a little bit less of the second, and then never again. It's just like, well, I know what Halo is. I don't need to deal with this. Oh. I can have an instance where like a hype train kind of snuck up on me. Which was like I remember at one point getting a trailer for getting a link from Joe on AIM to kind of date this. And it's like check this out, man. Just check it out. What is it? Nah, man. Just check it out. And what it was, it was like this first teaser trailer for uh, the world ends with you. Uh, I don't even remember what it was being called back then, but it's like there was hype. There was little bits of hype for it there. Every once in a while, I'd find an article, but there'd be gaps between stuff. It didn't really set the states on fire. And then one day, I walk into a GameStop, and there it is, just sitting on the shelf. It's like, oh yeah, there was that. (laughs) I I think one hype that I did not just fall right into was, I mean, I played all the Gears games, but 
the Gears of War games, but I just never, never really got super into them like a lot of people that I that I knew did. I mean, every time they would like announce like Gears Two or Gears Three, people just yeah. like would lose their shit, and it just it was not. I it was just another game for me. It's just another one of those dude fucking dude bro shooters. Yeah, like, bro shooters. <laughs> no, I really I'd like to see that just as a, as a legit genre. Well, that pretty uh, much that, sums it up. That was well, a, though, like like an actual dude bro section uh, in GameStop. Yeah, pretty much. There was mm-hmm. going to be a dude bro game that Neo Gaff was going to make. Yeah, <laughs> it was Neo Gaff, so it fell apart. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I can. Oh, I can. I can think of some. Uh, it's not even like failed hype. This is cursed hype. There was a. I'm not sure if you guys remember this. There was a. <laughs> one of the things I used to like about game trailers was the preview section. Because they'd get previews for shit all over. And I discovered a trailer for a game on the DS. Uh, one of the things I liked about the DS is it was like one of the last instances of like anime cutscenes used in games. And I found this one such game called Lux Pink. It's like a... I don't know if you call it a dating sim, but it kind of had dating sim mechanics. It was like a Japanese game with some weird minigame elements to it. But more than anything, the trailer just... Uh, someone doing origami over there? I'm uh, I'm looking through my Hype Machine archives. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm but, um, not only did it have, you know, it was a Japanese adventure game with some gameplay mechanics, a strange sort of battle system, and it had anime cutscenes, but it also had a mood. A very dark, kind of depressing, seemingly like sinister sort of mood. Like, is it like someone who deals with a lot of depression? It felt like if I played this game, it would basically be the act of beginning to fight with it. And uh, yeah, that kind of appealed to me. So I'm sitting there, I'm watching anything and everything in regards to this game coming out, and eventually it, it does. And I get a hold of it, no problem. But that's when the curse starts. Every time I start to like really get into the game, really pick it up, something I accidentally save over something. My DS breaks. I lose the game. My DS breaks. Time and time again, and I've, to this day, I've never really gotten past like I don't like I don't know like uh, five hours into it. Which game? Lux Pain. Uh, An obscure DS game. Yeah, I just I picked up a bunch of old magazines from my mom's house, and it's just like crazy looking at this shit. This weird shit that I never even saw on the show, like South Park Chef's Love Shack. That was a bad game. Oh, you played it? Yeah, that was not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed the South Park N64 game, but yeah, that was that Love this Shack how, was not good. This is how we used to get hyped the magazines. Yeah. It's crazy. Nintendo Power all the way. I mean, it was back. The the uh, magazine. Like I saw like an article about it later, and that's how I found out. Mm. I wouldn't play that game for years. Yeah, just like but it was tight. I mean, there's you would just see like 
one screenshot of some shit that was in development and it was enough to like spark your brain hmm. to like seek any morsel of information they could, that's when they oh, could God. put the, the title of a game on a magazine cover and it could be like the tiniest article and I'd be like oh shit I gotta buy this I gotta read that fucking article <laughs> and it was like five sentences long like well, two fucking... oh, yeah, there was, there was, there was, it was like that. Wait, fucking Game Fan, my number one game magazine. It was this thing called Game Fan, and they had like a five-page thing on Tekken Three. Oh man, that shit had me so hyped. Yeah, man. I bought that shit new almost immediately with all the birthday money I had. Yeah, all fifty bucks of it. No, yeah. I, I missed all the different video game magazines that were out because there were so many you could choose from. Yeah. It was great. And like Jumper Cables was saying, it's, you know, I feel like this happens a lot more to me now. Like where I'll see, I'll see something that looks really fucking cool and I'll be like, fuck, like I'm hyped for this and I'll follow the news and then like a year will pass and I'll be like, oh, that shit came out last year. Mm. Like I totally forgot about it. Yeah. And sometimes I'll even have bought the game, and it's just like I don't, I don't have time to play this. It's the sad reality of now. Yeah. Fuck, we're old. Yeah. Well, that, and that's why I don't think games should hype themselves years in advance. That's just never a good yeah. idea. Yeah. That hurts more than yeah, helps well, them. It's, it's like too easy to obtain information like these things were kind of like paced out there was more uh, room to sort of anticipate and maybe I'm being dramatic here but kind of like romanticize the notion of this game being this new amazing thing whereas like now you can get like twitter updates various uh, websites reporting on it clips, videos and there's uh, the whole possibility of a leak somewhere it's like you can get over developers on, the on twitter yeah. yeah you can get overloaded on the game before you even play the damn thing now. yeah yeah i mean that's so that's why like back then with the magazines it was great when a game would announce itself years in advance because you just keep buying the magazines because that was your only way to get information yeah. so it always seemed fresh and new even when the internet was just limited, I remember of like uh, like somebody knew folks waiting for MGS three were hungry for it because at some point somebody like compiled this uh, mega trailer of like every trailer I guess released thus far, and it was like like thirty or forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would just lose shitloads of time watching that thing over and over it's, again. It's People still do that today. It's interesting. They, but they just throw it all on YouTube. Like they'll make fucking music videos of all the footage that's been released, and uh, they'll make a shitty ass trailer. <laughs> but yeah. uh, they're still doing it. Oh, so that mega trailer, that MGS3 mega trailer was tight. <laughs> Times are changing. Uh, oh, so I got I got one more. Uh, another game that for the hype that just I was super excited for it was um, I was introduced to the Call of Duty games with Call of Duty Two, 
So after playing that game, that game literally blew my mind. Just everything about it was simply amazing. So after they uh, started to announce modern the Modern Warfare games, I was I was incredibly pumped for those. I just could not get enough of it. Like watching the trailers for it, the clips of it, anything, anything at all, I would watch it like hundreds of times. Yeah, dude. I mean that. You want to talk about amazing fucking trailers like that? Yeah. That fucking just like that. That was one of the first games to like. I feel like really handle like our shits on the web. Like, go on the website, look at this fucking trailer. Like, it's just because if you remember that, the first like teaser was. I'm not sure they even said it was Call of Duty. No. I, I, I think they, they might have, but they didn't announce that it was Modern Warfare. The people were speculating, and that trailer was just like voices like getting ready and it had like a an oscillator that uh that went with the voices and it was just hyped and then they fucking show the that trailer and it was just like oh my god like this is next gen it's yes. fucking current day it's and the yeah it was just yeah no it was executed so beautifully and it was teased at like in just the right amount and what made it just the hype even bigger for it was because during that time there were so many World War Two games, and this was such a ref- you know it was so refreshing and new and different. Yeah, it was like the king. I mean, if you're the king at something, you know when to step away. Yeah, and they did, and it fucking paid off big time. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I, I remembered one more. Before I make this my last one. But, uh, you guys remember uh, uh, there was a show on G4. I want to say it was called Cinematech, and they would just like run game, various game trailers for half an hour. Yeah, I remember that. It was kind of like their go-to fill for time show, but I think that may have been my favorite show on there. <laughs> like, I think I was, I, I would just. This is, this is before I discovered well this is before I could drink and I wasn't adventurous enough to do drugs so it's like I tune in for like it at like 1 and one thirty two in the morning when I'm like sleepy to the point of maybe being a little buzzed or you know mm-hmm. I've been there that night and I just kind of watched it and I stumbled across a uh, trailer for a game that was just like the coolest most stylish jazzy ass shit I ever saw it was uh, called Raido Kuzunoha versus the Solus Army. It's uh, part of the Megami Tensei friendship, that franchise, and it's a pretty fresh take on it. That it's set. Excuse me. It's set. I want to say in the twenties, and uh, they utilize all the uh, mechanics you'd find in a Megami Tensei game. But, um, one, make it easier for new players, and two, just craft a really interesting story around it. It's just like chomping at the bit for anything I could find, and eventually, kind of like um, uh, World Ends With You, I just stumbled across it in the GameStop. It's like I snag it and run up to the counter like someone else is going to take it. I'm like, I gotta buy this now. 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 Mm. Yeah. What was the last game you guys fucking like bought and stayed up all night playing? 
Ooh, man. Catherine. Hmm. Like you bought it? Yeah. Went to yeah, the GameStop. I saw, I saw. Yeah, I have it. Uh, it was like I bought that and uh, Dark Souls Two. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I think for me it was probably. Uh, you know, I stayed up all night, but the last time I, I very rarely binge these days because shit just either doesn't hook me or, or for whatever reason, but. Uh, last time I was house sitting for these folks that have a PS4, and uh, I red boxed. I guess I did it with Arkham Knight and um, why is it the name Until Dawn? Until Dawn was the last time I was just like, fuck, this is like so good. Like, I just have to keep playing. Hmm, let me think. What was mine? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I... God, I wish I could binge stuff like I used to as well. I miss doing that. I just don't have the attention span anymore. Uh, oh, it's a 3DS game that I downloaded. It's a tactical RPG. It's basically a ripoff of Final Fantasy Tactics, but it's called Mercenaries Saga 2, Order of the Silver Eagle. And yeah, it's a really fantastic game. I mean, like I said, it's basically just Final Fantasy Tactics, but that's not a, that's that, that not a title, bad thing. That title makes it sound like a Tactics Ogre game. Yeah, I mean, it looks exactly like those type of games, and it plays like them in the, the job system. It's a really, really fun game, and I was like addicted. To, I beat it already, but I was like addicted to it for um a couple weeks. Would you say that you would even recommend this game? <laughs> <laughs> Why yes, good sir. <laughs> I would say I would. I would recommend this game. I wish I could play the first one. But anyway. What's it yes. called again? Mercenary something? Yeah, it's called Mercenary Saga 2. Hmm. The first one wasn't released in America, so there is only the second one in America. Yeah, great marketing. Yeah, that's that works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a port of a mobile Japanese so game. Saga two, you don't get one. <laughs> that's right, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I would recommend that game, especially if you're into tactical RPGs. Um, it's a really fun game. It's incredibly easy. It's not difficult at all. But it's it's everything that you want in a tactical RPG. It's got great weapons. It's got deep. Uh, customization. It's got it's just it's just, it's really really fun. It's a very addictive game. Um, I really want a third one, and I want to play the first one, but I don't know Japanese. So mercenary what? Mercenaries Saga Two. Uh, mm. And what is it about? Uh, it's a very cliche just RPG fantasy story where it's just yeah. pretty yeah, mercenaries. It's, the, it's pretty throwaway. It says like it's a teams. tactics game. Yeah, it's a tactics game, turn-based mm. tactics game. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh only on the 3DS though, from my knowledge. But uh, if you have one, it's super cheap. I think I got it off the the eShop for like five bucks. It's not expensive at all. Mm. 
but it's it's well worth it. It's incredibly, incredibly fun. Um, yep, I would say that's my recommendation. Lionel, hey Lionel, do you got a recommendation? Uh, I was trying to think of one. All right. It's funny. I came up with one earlier in the week and forgot to write it down. And um, that's that's the state of my brain now. I have to write things down or I forget. Um, hmm. Let's think of a game I can recommend to people. I can't think of anything like current or anything I'm playing personally. So I'll just go with like a default good game in general. Uh, I'll play Symphony of the Night. Mm, classic. I still haven't played it. Arguably the best Castlevania game ever made. Wait, uh, hmm. was which one was the one on the Game Boy Advance? Was that Symphony of the Night or no? No, that was Circle or. That's the first one was Circle of the Moon. Circle then there was uh, Harmony of Dissonance, and then Aria of Sorrow. Okay, I think I played the and Moon then on one. Yes, you had uh, Dawn of Sorrow, uh, um, Order of Ecclesia, and I can't remember the middle one, but that was actually my favorite of the three. I can't remember the title. Uh. How long do CDs last? Um, I don't know. I would think a very long time. I've heard that it's a relatively short time. Really? Mm. Yeah. Huh. I've never heard of any CDs going bad yet. Me either. Either, yeah, I've never. But I'm just like worried about like PS1 collections. Ooh, you're right. uh, they all seem to work great on my PS3, but like all the discs, but it's like. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, Symphony of the Night is available. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. It's available digitally also. Yeah. Is oh, it expensive to get a hard copy? Um, I think so. Well, I'm not sure actually. Mm. I want to say it is. Probably eBay. Yeah. Um, might be giving away my uh, secret, but we have no listeners. Tryhalf.com. Com. Isn't that owned by eBay? Uh, yeah, it's owned by eBay, but you can usually find shit a lot cheaper there because hmm. a bunch of people don't know about it. Oh. Symphony of the Night. Uh, well, I enjoyed all those Game Boy Advance Castlevania games. Those are all fantastic games. Portrait of Ruin. That's the one I was thinking of. That's mm. my yes ones. So many of them. The last Castlevania game was that 3D weird one that didn't do very well. 3D weird one? Oh, oh what was it? Franchise? Yeah. That has its own fan base. Hmm. Didn't... Um, it pulls random bits from the original lore. Uh, it does some interesting stuff with it, but uh, it's not uh, adequate successor to the original. Yeah, so I actually played some video games. I've been pretty sick lying on my 
fucking my mother's couch all week, basically. But uh, I I got this game and on my phone. Do you want to pick up? Then I get. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So my, have you guys heard of Marvel Champions? Mm, is that a mobile game? Yes. Wait, no. Yes, I have heard of it. Then. Yeah. So it's basically. Like I said, it's a microtransaction ass microtransaction game. So there's <laughs> there's all these this weird in-game currency that you can earn and like flip, but it's like it's like currency that fits into another currency that like fits into another currency that you have to pay money for. But from what I can tell, it's it's like most of these games you don't have to mm-hmm. pay money, but. Uh, it's basically just a Marvel fighting game with like a really uh, thin crust layer of story underneath <laughs> it all to tie all these fights together. But they have a lot of characters, and they have. Uh, so the way it works is you basically. Uh, it's super simple. You you tap the screen. You, you hold it with, with two hands. Um, you swipe with your left or right, or with your left hand, uh, left or right to move backwards or dash forwards. And then with your right hand, uh, a tap is a light punch, and then a right swipe is a medium punch, and then a tap, hold, and release is like a hard uh, attack. I shouldn't say punch; they're just attacks. Um, and it's 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 uh hello yeah okay anyway it's uh it's actually it's not like deep but it's deeper than you would think for a mobile game i mean it's it's not that deep but it those attacks that they give you are it's enough Mm. to where you're entertained like I'm Spider-Man. I'm beating the shit out of a uh, fucking Black Bolt or whatever. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, it's just fun. You can earn like new characters. I think right now I have Spider-Man, Iron Man, Gamora, uh, the villain from Guardians of the Galaxy, whatever his name is, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I got uh, X-Force Deadpool. So. And they have cool anima- animations when they win, and uh, it's a very um, put together game. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's dumb fun. It's a mobile game, so hmm. I guess I could recommend it for. Because I mean, there, I guess there are Marvel fighting games, but <laughs> I don't know. It just scratched my fanboy itch for and fighting game itch for while I was fucking laying on the couch. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I like that you what you said about it was as soon as you started talking about it, the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh god, the it's gonna have a stupid virtual key, you know, uh, gamepad and all that stuff. But it sounds like it's pretty. They're actually taking advantage of the touch controls instead of just yeah. slapping on a stupid gamepad, virtual no, gamepad. It, it really works. That's good. Um, I think other people would do well to. Like, it would be cool if there was, like, fucking... I mean, it'd be harder. Like, if, there, if they put, like, a stupid-ass version of Street Fighter on there or something, I would probably get it. 
Or mm-hmm. fucking, or, or even Tekken. Yeah. Or, or actually, you know, it could work really well for shit like Virtua Fighter or, or DOA because they only have two yeah. buttons. Nice. Sweet. It's got 5 million downloads right on Taxi Train. Dang. I'm checking it out right now. So it's pretty, yeah, it's, people are saying it's pretty addictive and I'm going to get this. Yeah. It's free. I'll, I'll give it a try. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Let's do the final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, uh, I thought you were going to ask us what are we buying. What are yeah. we buying? Uh, let's let's uh let's start with uh, Lionel there. Uh, What's your final thoughts there, buddy? Give us some chili dogs. No, no, we did it's that. It's funny when I say it. Chili, chili, chili. Uh, maybe one day I just need to get drunk and podcast with you guys. Um, Final thoughts. Uh, I don't know. Fighting games seem to be doing well and that's good arcades aren't doing well and that's not so good uh, I'm hoping the ZX Spectrum thing works out I got something uh, cheap I can buy and play a bunch of old games on and um Japan's a really weird place <laughs> yes in regards to these stories but in general yeah, times are changing for them over there. It's an unusual place that I must go to at least once and then, like, lose some portion of my savings on pachinko. <laughs> Definitely. There are tons of pachinko places over there. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike, how about you? Hang out clubs. Yeah. That's the dark part of that story. Yeah. My final thoughts? Oh, I just want to give a, a request to our listeners. And let me uh, let me just read this request. It's, uh, just besides the little April Fool's joke printed in issue number 34 of VGM number 2, there has been no sign of a new Lara Croft code in Tomb Raider or Tomb Raider 2. There have been many rumors hinting that the code may be hidden within the third game of the series. Can you find this code and put the rumors to rest once and for all? If you have the trick, send it in. 